On the same day as Secretary Azar's arrival, a delegation led by former Japanese Prime Minister Mori Yoshiro will also arrive in Taiwan. Mori will be paying his respects to former President Li Donghui, who died on July 30th. The two leaders had been close political allies. The former Japan leader will arrive with a bipartisan group of parliamentarians on Friday. The Central Epidemic Command Center reported the health protocols in place for their visit. We are treating this case as a diplomatic exchange. The visitors must have a nucleic acid test certificate that shows they tested negative for COVID one or two days before boarding. In addition, they must enter the country via a charter flight. They must maintain social distancing after arrival. They will also have to wear masks throughout their stay. A dedicated car will handle the transport to and from the memorial site and they will leave the country the same day. They will be escorted as a group throughout the process. There will be a distance maintained between the group and the community. Former Prime Minister Mori Yoshida has long been a friend of Taiwan. He was a facilitator of former President Li's visit to Japan. Since leaving office, he's visited Taiwan many times. With regard to former Prime Minister Modi's dedication to growing Taiwan-Japan relations, as well as his intent to lead a special delegation to Taiwan to pay respects to former President Li, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs expresses its sincere gratitude. We welcome the visit. A major new commercial development in Taoyuan celebrated its grand opening on Friday, with Transport Minister Lin Jialong urging families to consider its attractions as a holiday destination this summer. The Qingpu area now boasts an aquarium as well as a Xinkong cinema complex and Coetzee Hotel. A major art gallery and a hub for cutting-edge digital technology are also expected to open in the coming years, as Taoyuan positions itself as the leading light in Taiwan's cultural landscape. The Transportation Ministry, Taoyuan City Government, Cafe Pacific and Xinkong Bank were all out for the opening of the new Qingpu commercial complex. Minister Lin urged holidaymakers to look further afield than the east coast or outlying islands. Lots of people are going to Yilan, Hualien or Taidong or the outlying islands. They'll get more crowded and the quality of the trip could be at risk. I think the opening of this plaza has been perfectly timed to attract people to think of an alternative. I really encourage everyone to consider staying in the north for a vacation. You don't have to wear yourself out going all the way to the east coast or an outlying island. Lin led the way by taking a holiday of his own at the X-Park Aquarium. On its first day, the venue was packed with visitors. There's a restaurant where you can be with the penguins. You look up and see the penguins above you. I got a ticket as fast as I could. There are too many people on the outlying islands because we can't go abroad now, so we have to come here. Many families were bursting to see the aquarium stars. Nearby, holidaymakers with piles of luggage wait to check in at the hotel lobby. The new development in Qingpu is served by high-speed rail network and the airport MRT. Besides the Japanese X-Park Aquarium, Qingpu boasts a Gloria Outlet shopping center, the Cathay-owned Kotsi Hotel, a Xinkong cinema complex and a giant IKEA. Lots of the new-built housing in the area has been snapped up, but it's not cheap. Many homes cost 200,000 NT or even 300,000 NT per ping. They've started construction work on our art gallery, which is on a hill. We have also completed the contract negotiations for the Taoyuan Convention and Exhibition Center here, and they will start work soon. 
There's also the Asia Silicon Valley Development Center, which is scheduled to start going up next year. So in fact, there are more and more amenities in the area, and there's also a lot of private investment. Taoyuan Mayor Chen Wenchan also touted further opportunities for investment in the fast-growing area. Well, it's been an unusually quiet typhoon season so far, and forecasters say the peak period will arrive later than usual this year. The traditional peak period starts in August, but so far this year, very few storms have formed, with none of them making landfall. Forecasters say the 2020 typhoon season could peak as late as September. Calm skies and sweltering summer heat are expected to continue over the weekend. On Saturday and Sunday, the western half and mountainous areas along the east coast will see a chance of afternoon thunder showers. Outside of those two days, all parts of Taiwan can expect standard summer weather. The CWB says the weather will become more unstable from Monday to Wednesday of next week. The cloud systems brought over by southerly winds will bring rains to central and southern Taiwan as well as the east and southeast. Rains will persist throughout the entire day. This year, no typhoons formed in the Pacific Northwest in July for the first time since 1951. There were two on the first day of August. The month of August is typically when typhoon activity peaks, but this year the peak period will most likely be September. In the Pacific Northwest, a massive Pacific high is located at a hotspot for typhoon formation, so forecasters are expecting a delayed peak period, which is when storms form one after the other. A high-pressure system has expanded and intensified. It now extends all the way to the Indian Ocean in the west. Its influence has weakened monsoon troughs in the area, making it less likely for typhoons to develop. Typhoons tend to start in July and peak in August. September also tends to see lots of activity. So if there are extremely few typhoons in these two months, in July and August, that's a really unique phenomenon. We hadn't seen anything like that before. The weather analyst says that peak typhoon season could come in later this year. He says that this year, for the first time on record, the region could see fewer than 20 typhoons. From owls to cats and hedgehogs to alligators, if you can find it at a zoo, there's a good chance you can pet it at a cafe. In Taipei, animal cafes are a thriving trade. They sell drinks and desserts, but the main attraction is their animal stars. But in June, these cafes shot to notoriety when a leaked video showed the reprehensible treatment of an animal behind the scenes of a cafe. It's raised questions about a business model that's gone, for the most part. Unchallenged. Are animal cafes legal? Are they ethical? Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang finds out. Rocket the raccoon scales the fence, scurrying from one end to the other. It plays with the ball as people line up to take photos. A little bit scary, yeah, but it's pretty cute. I was expecting that maybe. Uh, would be some interact or something like. A few weeks ago, this raccoon cafe was still hugely popular with Taipei locals. It served up coffee and desserts along with a companionship of inquisitive raccoons. Do not be fooled by its cute appearance. It is still wild at heart. Be careful of getting bitten. If you have a watch, necklace, earrings, or money in your pocket, it might make away with it like a thief. Two weeks after our visit, a customer video of the owner in a back room went viral. It led to all four raccoons being confiscated. 
The raccoon struggles desperately but can't escape. It wails as a border collie latches on. The owner stands by watching. The customer who filmed the video accused the owner of habitually mistreating his animals. They always said it was only a rumor, but it's true that a raccoon and a fox died in his care. Then a former employee of the cafe revealed comments by the owner, who admitted to hitting a raccoon with a tennis racket until the animal was catatonic and bleeding. Within days of the storm on social media, Tang was charged with violating animal welfare laws. The Taipei City Animal Protection Office has inspected the store. They say that the owner's behavior was a violation of the Animal Protection Act, and that the owner will face a fine of forty-five thousand NT dollars. The store is now closed, and the raccoons have been sent to the zoo. It was because raccoons are very aggressive during mating season. They bite. Border collies are herders of sheep, and I thought it would be a good idea to have the border collie herd the raccoon back into the cage. I'm sorry, I've set a bad example. This animal cafe is closed, but there is no shortage of them in Taipei. Taiwan's capital city is home to dozens of animal cafes, some more humane than others. This is the world's first cat cafe, established in 1998. Here, customers interact with rescue cats that are free to roam. <laughs> a more recent addition to the scene, called Lang Lang Don't Cry, is a part restaurant and part animal shelter. Customers can meet strays while they eat and adopt the ones that win their heart. If an applicant meets the basic requirements, the adoption process can begin. They'll be asking to fill out the application form. Then there will be shop visits and home visits. Since its launch in 2015, Lang Lang Don't Cry has found homes for 650 animals, mostly cats and tuko, the local variety of mongrel. Elsewhere in Taipei, much more exotic animals are available to pet. It's a vast menagerie, from hedgehogs and poison dart frogs to alligators. Since the first cafe opened in 1998, the concept has widened to animals typically only seen in a zoo. In the span of five years, there's been a great increase in such cafes. There are a lot of internet celebrities who go and take photos with the wild animals. And actually, in Taiwan, there are no restrictions on what you can keep as a pet. There are no special restrictions on matters including pet breeding. For For example, if I want to buy a raccoon, as long as I get one that is legally imported, I can breed and sell it with no restriction. Business is brisk at these wild animal cafes, fueled by public curiosity and the desire to get up close with the unusual. This cafe has been open for about five years. The hedgehogs have been a part of the store for about a year. Now our customer base is different. We have children and parents. Since having the hedgehogs, our revenue has grown 60 to 70 percent. Main purpose is also to allow more people to really understand the hedgehog, its habits, and so on. This Taipei cafe houses hedgehogs, chameleons, spiders, sugar gliders, poison dart frogs, green iguanas, and more. Many are kept in cages and taken out to interact with patrons at set times. For the animals' interactions in our store, we don't decide in advance which animals can come out to interact with the customers. Because sometimes when the weather is very hot, certain animals need to rest. We will not disturb them. But even when shop owners have the best of intentions, some experts argue that keeping wild animals in a cafe is never in their best interests. A lot of exotic species is not good.、Um, I know some reptile. Some like a lizard or iguana, they may be good, but they are not so good at interact with human. And then 
actually the petting actually disturb their their life. So rabbit rabbit is easily startled by、uh, strangers. So I don't think they are good.、Uh, nocturnal species usually they are not good during the daytime, and then people are not nocturnal. So we most activity is in the, in the daytime, and then actually we are disturbing those noctur- nocturnal animal. So I think those are not good for. Um, exhibition or companionship in a store. 每次接触的都是陌生的人 They're interacting with a stranger every time. The day can be eight or ten hours long. Over time, that puts pressure on the animal. There's a term called stress, and stress will affect the physiology of the animal over time. There are stress-related diseases that have an adverse effect on the animal's health over the long run. Suffering experienced by an animal doesn't always manifest as a disease. Experts say distress can show up as repetitive behavior: pacing, tongue flicking, nibbling. Animals who are suffering may rock or swing back and forth over and over. They may have hair loss due to excessive grooming. If the animal has no way to act in its natural state, or if it's in an oppressive, monotonous, or dirty environment, that already constitutes abuse. An important indicator is whether it has compulsive behavioral patterns. For instance, a raccoon that sways repeatedly left and right. Currently, animal cafes occupy a loophole in Taiwan law. The government does regulate businesses that stage animal performances, which include having them interact with people. But if businesses don't charge directly for animal interaction, they do not need a permit and are not subject to regulation. Wildlife Protection Regulations, this is a, a very new law. The animal performance law is still very new. These regulations are relatively wide-ranging, and we are still in the early stage of the regulatory process, the trial period. We still have to fine-tune the practical application. There's a lot of fine print to work out. In the metropolis of Taipei, animal cafes meet a growing need for contact with nature. Their loyal patrons describe them as therapeutic and relaxing, an oasis in a world that can move too fast. But activists say it's anything but for the animals involved, who can face unnatural confinement, stressful handling, and sometimes outright abuse. Activists hope that as business booms and the industry thrives, Taiwan will take more responsibility for the creatures paying the price. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Liao Wenpu, in Taipei. And speaking of animals, the baby panda at Taipei Zoo turned 40 days old on Friday. She's been growing fast and now weighs over two kilos. Her next milestone is getting a name. The zoo is holding a naming contest, and Friday was the deadline for entries. The zoo said that most of the entries are the names of snacks. Popular suggestions include meatball, taro ball, tapioca pearl, and mochi. A short list of names will be put to a public vote from August 17th to the 26th. The winning name will be revealed on August 30th.